Welcome to season nine of a Vietnam podcast, sharing the stories of people connected to Vietnam. My name is Neil Mackay, and I've been hosting this podcast since 2019, and I've been living in Vietnam since 2016. I wanted to know more about the people that are connected to Vietnam, Vietnamese and foreigners in Vietnam or around the world, and share their story. So my guest today is a Gen Z Saigonese. She was raised in a conservative and religious family without a proper sex education. After a lot of struggles with her own sex life, it is now her mission to become a sex, love and relationship coach to encourage more open conversations about sex and pleasure. Her biggest goal in her career as a sex coach is to be able to help sexually abused victims take back the fulfilling sex life they deserve after traumas. Today, we're going to talk about being a sex, love and relationship coach in Vietnam, normalizing conversations around sex and how the young Vietnamese can be given a different perspective about sex and unlearn everything the patriarchal society has taught. My guest today is Selena Lung. Hi, thank you for having me. So this is the first ever off-site a Vietnam podcast interview. Awesome. And in my rush to be here, I forgot one of the microphone cables. So we are currently sharing one microphone in the coffee shop in the block. So forgive us for this, but we hope the sound quality is still amazing. Forgive us for this. Forgive me for this. Selena has nothing to do with this. So Selena, let's get right into it. Tell us more about being a sex, love and relationship coach in Vietnam. Okay, thank you. So first, I would like to say hello to everybody who's listening. And second of all, I'm a sex, love and relationship coach in training, which means I'm expecting to get my certification somewhere next year. And yeah, so uh, that's what I'm doing here. And besides sex, love and relationship coaching, I'm also a marketing and events executive and I'm also a sexy dance instructor. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And, well, it's a taboo in Vietnam. It's, I think it's a taboo everywhere in the world. When people mention sex, they'd be like, what? Yeah. And you've introduced me. I grew up in such a very conservative and traditional family that my parents didn't mention anything about sex until I have my first boyfriend. They would be like, don't get pregnant. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's it. And they, do, they didn't even bother to tell me how to not to get pregnant, you know? Yeah, so that's what I experienced. And yeah, that's how I grew up. <laughs> Yeah, and this is a, a common thing, not just in Vietnam, right? Like around the world, it, it's just an awkward thing. It's so weird. I was thinking about it on the way over here, obviously knowing what we're going to be talking about. And I was like, it's, I've thought about this before. I've had this conversation with people. It's the one thing that almost everybody does. 90 plus percent of people love it, but nobody likes to talk about it. So I don't really know the answer why that. I mean, I guess I can figure out some answers why that is. It just it seems to me, though, very strange, something that is done by everyone but at the same time it's so taboo so tell us more from your perspective especially from a Vietnamese perspective Gen Z why is that well we have been raised that sex is something for adults and adults means after the marriage 
like before marriage, you shouldn't touch yourself. You shouldn't have any kind of sexual activities with your boyfriend. And they mean here is that the penetration sex. Like for example, if you give oral sex or whatever kind of sexual activities, they will not care. But when it comes to the penetration sex, they will be like, "Oh, because you're not a virgin anymore." So yeah. That's what we were raised, and as a Gen Z and as someone who's represent the young people, we believe that the virgin is not our identity. It's not identify if I'm a good person or a bad person. Yeah, I mean, you can still be a virgin even though you give people's oral sex, right? <laughs> yeah. So tell us more about then. What does that mean? Being brought up in a religious conservative background. What was that like? Where are you from in Vietnam? Well, I'm from Saigon, born and raised here in Saigon, and my whole family is Buddhist. So my mom told me that it's not right to have sex before marriage because the Buddha said so. It's like betray kind of thing, and I did believe her, but. When we first have the sexual activities, I just forget all of them that <laughs> she she told me. Yeah, and also my mom and dad they would not mention anything. Like even if we were watching a movie together and it comes to the sexual scenes, they would just like turn off the TV or just switch the channel right away. Yeah, and to be honest, until I have my first boyfriend, like sixteen years old. That's the first time ever I heard my mom told me like, try to keep yourself clean, clean here means not to fuck anyone. Yeah. So we already mentioned you were brought up religious, conservative background, and then that led to struggles with your own sex life. So do you want to talk more about that, and then how that led you to become a sex, love, and relationship coach? Sure. So yeah, like I mentioned, we were taught that is. Wrong to touch ourselves, and of course to have sex with people before we get married. So before all of that, even when I have my boyfriend, I didn't have the gut to touch myself to masturbate. And then when it comes to lockdown in 2021, that's the time when I couldn't meet my boyfriend, and I was so. Horny, <laughs> but like I mentioned, I I didn't have the gut to touch myself. But then he encouraged me. He said that well, you now you have a lot of free time, so why not, right? And I'd be like, okay, let's give it a go. So I I did it. The masturbation, the penetration masturbation. Yeah, the penetrated masturbation, and it was so good. Thanks God, <laughs> it was so good. And then it gives me the kind of like the the weird feeling. It is it, a little bit strange, and somehow in my head, it popped up the term sex coach, just in my head, like randomly, like I didn't know what it was. So I just Google it, and then I found out. Oh wow! Okay, so this is a sex coach, and this is what I should do because first I love sex. <laughs> and second of all, it involves a lot of things like giving people sex education lessons or giving people the tune and techniques that they can heal themselves from sexual trauma, which I have 
been experiencing and that's what led me here to be the sex love and relationship coach that my biggest goal is to empower women and grown people to just be proud of their sexuality and feel comfy with their body. So what was the initial reaction did you tell your parents this? I mean, I know not just in Vietnam and, and most of Asia, if you tell your parents you're going to be anything other than a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer or something like that, you're going to get slapped down and told don't be stupid and going to have these conversations all the time that people want to be designers or artists or actors. So what was the conversation when you said to your mum and dad, hey, mum and dad, I don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. I'm going to be a sex coach. How did that go? Okay, so I did have to ask my dad for the tuition fee for the sex coaching program. And when I mentioned about this, he asked me one question. Why do you want to teach people about sex even though you're not married yet? Yeah, because the concept of not having sex before marriage thing. And then I replied, well, because I'm not married yet, it doesn't mean that I haven't have sex, right? <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, and then I... I told him that there's a lot of things that young people experience, but they don't know what they are doing because they just don't know. Nobody ever teach them. Yeah, and that's why I want to do it. I wanted to make a change for young people in Vietnam and especially the women. I cannot imagine your dad's reaction. Not only you tell him you want to be a sex coach. You want to be a sex coach because you love sex and you want to teach other people to love sex. That must have been a great conversation. So where do you actually enroll to do this coach? Is it international or is it offered here in Vietnam? It's called Loveology University that's based in Los Angeles, California in the States. And it's an online course that I can study self-paced. And when I finish the course, I will have to do like 10 assignments and have a exam to graduate and get my certification. And then so what are the topics that you cover in the course? The first one, which I has just finished, the module is about healing. So in the first module, I learned how to help people to heal from their sexual trauma, how to heal from the pain they have during sex, which usually comes from the brand, because sex comes from the brand, not between your legs. And what else? Like how to heal from when you lose someone you love or when you experience something that gives you kind of depression. Yeah, the first module is about healing. And actually now I'm, I'm offering the free coaching session for people who just want to share their stories or share their traumas or whatever they're struggling with with me it's a free free of charge session and they can donate how much they want to for a non-profit organization of sexual abuse children in Southeast Asia yeah yeah and that, that's amazing because I think People probably, I don't know, what's the, well, my first, before I go into that, what's then the reaction from your parents you've told us, what's the reaction from people in general? You obviously have a Facebook page, obviously from our conversation, you're very open about it, it's not hidden. 
you can tell people what you just got delivered just before, just as I walked in. So this is obviously a very open thing in your life, which anytime I meet somebody who's just very open about something, and I don't want to say the answer for you, but what I've experienced is it just breaks down any barriers. As soon as that person is just open without shame about it, about something that may be shameful or may be hidden, as soon as they're open about it, it breaks down every barrier, and then you're just like, oh, okay. So I hope I haven't just answered my question for you. But what has been the reaction from people in general when they see this as your public persona? That's a very fun experience for me. Lately, I've been participate in a lot of networking events that people usually ask, like, "What do you do for a living?" I'd be like, "I do sex," <laughs> and people are like, "What?" <laughs> And it's like, I'm just kidding. I'm a sex coach. And they were like, okay, what is a sex coach? Because it's, it's not popular at all in Vietnam. So yeah, a lot of time I do get the support from people because they do believe that sex education is super important, especially for the young people. And also they believe that it's just a normal thing. Like why do people ever shame somebody else for having sex, right? But of course, there will be people who not support me at all, especially, well, boomers. <laughs> yeah, they they would be like, uh, she must be a slut, or something like that. I get slut shaming a lot my whole life, even though I'm only 25 years old. <laughs> yes. So yeah, some people support me and some people don't. But at the end of the day, I still believe that. The value I'm giving to the society, to the young people, to the next next generations, is the important thing to do. So yeah, I believe in myself, and for those who don't support me, they can just fuck off. Well, do you ever get people that then take that as, oh, she's a sex coach, so. She- she's using your own well, she's a slut and I'm gonna hit on her I'm gonna she's gonna be easy like is that a, rea- a common reaction well they would not say it straight to my face but some a lot of times would be behind my back <laughs> and well for those kind of people I would try to just avoid them and block them if they keep like confront me or whatever and then so what has the reaction been then from the young people like you say, obviously, totally different generation from the boomers. <laughs> I love that that's become a total insult now, like, okay, boomer. But yeah, so what's been the reaction from the young people? Because I guess as well, Vienna, it's developing so fast in so many ways. And I, I'm just amazed, even yesterday driving around District 1 and I'm looking around, I'm like, wow, this city has just come out of nowhere. But then at the same time, it's also developing in so many other ways. You can see it manifest in terms of the buildings, but... There's so much other development going on in the background as well. So how do you see that with the young people, with the sexual development as well? And let's be honest as well, with the advent of pornography, like that, I mean, would not have been prevalent, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I'm not sure. But now, obviously, that's prevalent. So Vietnamese people in general, Vietnamese young people, are exposed to the wider world in a million different ways. So how has that manifested? Well, when I mentioned that I'm a sex coach with the young people, like 99% of them supporting me. And on May this year, one group of the students from a very famous university 
in Ho Chi Minh City, they invited me to be a guest speaker for a talk show about toxic relationships and how to get a safe sex at their age. So yeah, a lot of young people are supporting me, and I really appreciate that. So now the younger generation, this is what I see with with the young Vietnamese Gen Z. I don't even know what Gen Z is. What is that? Like Gen Z is like people were born from 1997 to 2005. I remember. Yeah. Fuck off! I was born in 1982. That's why I don't know this stuff. <laughs> now I've forgotten my own question. The point I was making. Oh yeah, so young Vietnamese people are at this crazy crossroads that I see. I mean, every generation is, I guess, but maybe Vietnamese people even more so. So I'm just thinking from my perspective. Obviously, I come from a totally different world to my parents. There was no internet, all of this stuff. So that's not that different to a young Vietnamese person and their parents, right? But I think the biggest difference is Vietnam has been closed off from the world for many years, economically and whatnot. Obviously, it has a background in war and famine and extreme poverty. And now in 10, 15, 20, the last 20 years especially, it's just rapidly coming out of that. And so these young people... Gen Z, like you say, their life, to me, is extremely different from the generation before then. So my life is different to the generation before mine in my country, of course. But the gap between the generations here is even bigger. And exposure to sex and sexual attitudes is just one of them. Because I guess, as I just as I'm thinking, you know, even in the, the, the West, we had like the sexual revolution in the 60s, right? You don't know about this? No, the 60s was like the sexual revolution where people were going crazy with sex, like sex, drugs and rock and roll and Woods, the original Woodstock. And I saw this video, I can't remember the name of it. I quite like them. They put two people together in a room, either like a mum and a dad, sorry, a mum and a or and a son or daughter or a couple that have just broken up. Like these, they put these people together and then they ask them a series of interesting questions. And if they don't want to answer the question, they have to take a shot. I think it's called Uncut and uncut right yeah yeah and i remember one and it was like a son and a mum and the mum was <laughs> like a boomer and the son was in probably gen z and one of the questions he flipped over was have you ever had a threesome or take a shot you know and so the mum answered it and she was like yeah and the son's obviously shocked and the mum was like it's like the 60s like you know that's what we did and i just it really made me realize like we don't know what the older people have done for one as well so i guess to go right back to my point though in the West and America and the UK, I don't know about Australia and the rest of the West, but probably mostly the 60s and the 70s were the sexual revolution. It was when women started to find their feet sexually. I don't know how to put that correctly, but that's not correct, find their feet sexually. But it's when women started to become more sexual and more accepted, you know. And I guess Vietnam has never had that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that young Vietnamese people are learning very fast because of the um, internet and everything they have the access to to the internet that they can learn a lot of things bad and the good things as well so that's why the sex education here is really important because for example if a teenager a boy teenager he watches porn so that he can understand the concept of sex then he will become such a person that expect uh, women to be like porn stars they have to get big boobs and everything you know so that is like super wrong because porn is for entertaining right so yeah that's why the sex education here is really important even though they have the access to the internet or whatever 
but they still have to learn what is right and what's not. And we mentioned this in the beginning as well. One of the barriers you want to break down is the, the patriarchal system. And as I've got it, not the patriarchal system you're laughing, but the patriarch. What was it you said that break down? Not the, not the entire patriarchy, but what was it you said? Said it. I wanted to help people to learn what patriarchal society has taught them, because usually it's a lot of unequal gender. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And so again, as I'm getting older, just turned forty, it's things that I would being a male. I would never see these things, and then as I get older, and you start to learn about it, and just small things like with language and whatnot, you're like, oh yeah, that's super patriarchal. So, two questions on that. First one is, Vietnam is ruled by women, from what I see, either behind the scenes or in front of the scenes. Vietnam is ruled by women. No? Oh my goodness, yes, it is. So. Second, who controls the money in the house? Who runs the household? Women run the household. Women run everything here. Vietnamese women are the strongest women in the world. All women are, right? We look at any politician, any guy doing anything. You know there's a woman behind him telling him what to do every night because that's how my wife works. Every good thing I do is because my wife suggested that I do it and then I go and do it. So, but Vietnam is very patriarchal as well. So how do you teach people to unlearn that? And I do think there are very strong women in Vietnam. But to me, that's in Vietnam is what's really different is that women are very strong. I see anyway. They rule a lot of things. They run a lot of things. Company I used to work for, every senior manager was a woman. But then at the same time, it's very patriarchal. So how do you break that down, and how do you teach people to unlearn that? Okay, so a learn here is that they need to, like, forget some of the things, like not everything, right? Some of the things related to themselves, for example, like the girl should be settled down and just be a housewife after you get married, and just give birth and raise a child as a woman's job, and you should be proud of it. I mean, like, yeah, of course, being a mother is uh, so great, but I mean, it's not what I want women to understand that they have to. I mean, I want them to know that they have a choice between not or to. Give birth, and for example, like I learn some kind of shame around the sex. For example, if you touch yourself, that's wrong. That's what I want them to learn, and like a lot of thing. Like for example, the patriarchal society touched them about the monogamy, yeah, relationship. I mean, that's your choice if you want to have a monogamy relationship or you want to have like a polyamorous. That depends on you. It's your fucking life. You live it, right? That's what I want people to know that they do have a choice to live their life how the hell they want to. So we are gonna have to wrap this up because somebody was late and it wasn't Selena, and there's only two of us here. And so tell people what's next for you. Where can they get in touch with you? And if someone wants to reach out for you and wants some help, how can you help them? And what can you do? Thank you. Okay, so I do have a fan page. It's called Let's Talk Sexuality, and on the fan page, I do let people book appointments with me, which I've mentioned before that is free for now, and it's a donation base that you can donation how much you want for a nonprofit organization of sexual abuse children, and also I do have a Facebook group. It's called Maybe We Should Talk About Sex. That the biggest goal for the group is to just normalize sex, 
because I put it in the description. I said that, so you can easily tell people like I do like tennis. I do like to eat pizza. So why can't you say I do like to fuck, right? <laughs> That's why I want people to say proudly. Yeah. And yeah, that's how you can connect with me on my fan page. Let's talk sexuality, and there you go. All right, so we're going to finish up with the final questions I ask everyone at the end of the episode, and then Selena is going to run off to her dance class. So, question one: What one reason would you use to persuade someone to come to Vietnam? Good food and good people. So I always like to have balance. So I'm going to ask the opposite: What? One reason would you use to persuade someone not to come to Vietnam? Okay, not to come to Vietnam. Let me think. Jesus, this is is a very hard one. My response is that maybe because it's too hot, you cannot stand it. Yeah, it's really hot. It's ridiculously hot, especially right now. You know, they're having like the heat wave in the UK, and I was talking to my sister, and she's like, "Oh, it's so hot here." And I can't remember. It's in the thirties. I sent her a screenshot of the weather. It was last week, not not today. I'm not even sure what it is today, but last week, the feels like temperature was forty two degrees, and that's pretty normal here. That's not abnormal. She's like, "How do you live in that?" I was like, "I don't know. We just get used to it. I don't know." Next one. What is a common scam in Vietnam? Well, people would just call you and say that you owe them a lot of money. Yeah, and when I hear that. I usually respond like, "Hi, I do not speak Vietnamese," <laughs> and they would just like hang up on me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that would be my response. They could be saying anything to me, and I would just be like, "I don't speak Vietnamese," and then yeah. All right, next question: What's something you hear about Vietnam that's not true? Is poor. <laughs> well, I mean. We we used to be poor like a long time ago, but for now, I think people, especially young people, will love to make it rain. You know, <laughs> as long as they find something they really like, they would just spend money for it. Yeah. What question would you like to ask the next guest? Okay, the next guest. Here's my question for you. What do you think? What was your first reaction when you know someone? Who is a sex coach that tries to normalize sex? Yeah, what's your reaction? What's your thought? That's my question. That's a good one. I'm excited to hear the answer. And last question: If Vietnam was a person, how would you describe them? Traditional but hot. Yeah, <laughs> literally hot. Like the girl that wore the see-through aoyai recently. Traditional aoyai but see-through. Traditional but hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Selena Lung, thank you very much. I'm sorry we don't have more time to talk. I'm sorry I was late. Uh, you can blame me for all of that. I hope uh, the listeners have enjoyed this episode off-site, the first episode ever recorded off-site. So if it has gone well and this is listenable, we will maybe do more of these in the future. So Selena, good luck with your mission, with your goal. It's a really inspiring. Because I think you know, like you said way in the beginning, it's just so weird, isn't it? People hear the three letters S E X, and you either get titillated, excited, or shocked, or <gasps> there's so many different reactions, and I probably had all all of them as well. But then when you hear about your goal is to help people with sexual trauma from sexual abuse, and we didn't really even get into that, but I mean that's just something that's so unspoken of, I guess, so unheard of because. 
sexual abuse as we know no more than we ever knew before is rampant it's just ridiculous and yeah there must be such severe trauma with that and i can't imagine how difficult it is to then come back from that so it's really inspiring that that's something that you want to help people with because they should be able to continue to have a normal sex life even after that so thank you so much selena for joining us on our vietnam podcast and we're excited to see what you do next thank you for having me have a great day everyone cheers i hope you enjoyed this episode if you're like me you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public wi-fi this opens you up to digital snoopers it's a massive problem it can be your internet service provider or you know who looking at what you do online or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data these days it is vital that you keep your data safe nordvpn keeps all of these snoopers away it makes your internet activity private protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely even while away from home and it's easy to use even i could use it I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease and I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and 3 months free when you go to my link nordvpn.com/smb Just again for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me and thanks for listening to this show. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>